Hello everybody, I'm with Caio Borges. Caio is based in Sao Paulo in Brazil and he looks at the international environment as far as finance and economics are concerned at the NGO called Connectas, which is a major collective of major uh, human rights and development oriented NGOs from the global south. And Caio, it's good talking to you, although it is on Skype, so not the best possible way we could have done it by meeting face to face. But let's do what we can. My first question is, you know, about the new bank that is being created, the BRICS Bank, the which, of course, BRICS, of course, stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, the uh, emerging powers of global economy. And they are clearly creating a new bank. What does it mean? Um, hi, Celo, um, and hello to the listeners. It's a pleasure to be here and to talk a little bit about the BRICS Bank and, and how it relates to human rights. The creation of the BRICS Bank is, is really something important as it is the first uh, concrete step that has been taken by the BRICS bloc. So um, last July uh, in Fortaleza, Brazil, the BRICS countries announced the creation of the new development bank mm -hmm. and also the, the contingency uh, arrangement that will be used by countries whenever they have difficulties with the balance of payments. Right. So the, the BRICS bank really represents the view of the emerging countries that the current global economic order somehow is not balanced and does not represent the aspirations of these emerging powers. So you, um, you mentioned both the development bank and the balance of payments. So in a way what BRICS Bank will do is fulfill both the functions of the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, is that right? No, um, actually, these are two uh, distinct institutions. Uh -huh. So, the BRICS Bank, the New Development Bank, we, is very similar to the World Bank, and the CRA is um, what we say is mimicking the IMF. Right. So, they have created two new uh, global institutions uh, last year. Right. Now, I can see the political reason for it, you know, that they feel that both at the World Bank and IMF, Development country, developing countries do not have sufficient clout and power uh, commensurate with their size in terms of population and in terms of their growing economic strength. But do you think it's a good idea? The motivations behind the BRICS Bank and the official reasons why it was created by the countries is that there is a huge gap in infrastructure finance for emerging and developing economies. Estimates says that countries need at least one trillion dollars a year. So the the mission of the new development bank is to uh, mobilize capital to provide funds for infrastructure and also um, sustainable development. And while on the one hand it is uh, true that there is a gap in infrastructure finance and that these countries and some studies show that infrastructure can be linked to a reduction of poverty, but also the difficulty is how we can reconcile two objectives that apparently seem not convergent. So right. uh, 
financing infrastructure can have significant impacts from human rights. Mm -hmm. And we know this by the historic of the development bank from the five countries. So when you study uh, the, the activities, of, for instance, of the Brazilian Development Bank, um, you can see that there are well-documented cases of human rights violations within uh, development projects. So it is, uh, what is what civil society is questioning right now is how sustainable development can be uh, pursued uh, in the same time that you are financing infrastructure as these uh, projects, they entail some, uh, lots of many times uh, significant human rights um, um, costs. Indeed, and that was exactly my question, uh, and you anticipated it, that infrastructure investment, whenever that has taken place, typically leads to concerns about land displacement, indigenous people's rights, deforestation, and so on. Um, and so the concern that, you know, I would imagine people would have is that BRICS would somehow have different standards and probably lower standards because after many years, the World Bank did have corruption guidelines, resettlement guidelines, and the IFC had its safeguard program, you know, safeguard policies in place so that to ensure that um, sustainable development and human rights goals were part of it. Uh, are you worried that the BRICS Bank would have lower standards or that it may have no standards at all? That's a concern for civil society, and it seems well, it seems that the view of the BRICS countries is that uh, the existence of safeguards can represent somehow an obstacle for development projects, and this is uh, linked uh, to the um, view of these countries that uh, they must have the autonomy to propose projects and to pursue development in accordance to their aspirations and to what they believe that is best for their people. What we are trying to figure out right now is what in the safeguards of the current the existing uh, multilateral institutions has to be preserved and has to be um, enhanced and should not uh, be uh, ignored or should not be left out by these new uh, institutions. And by these new institutions, I mean the new development Bank, but also the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank. Um, and what can we do uh, to actually have an innovative approach that can balance uh, the uh, importance and actually the, uh, the obligation of these countries to respect, protect and fulfill human rights, but also to uh, meet some of the um, demands of borrowers and of countries to have projects more efficient. So this is this is a very um, complicated equation, and currently we do not have the answer for that. But I think that um, we should not uh, just create new models, and, and we should build on what that, what what exists right now, uh, and to go even to to even make it better in terms of uh, ensuring a level of protection that is uh, compatible with the highest available human rights standards. So the concern again is is comes from this reason that if you look at the five countries of BRICS: Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Of them, only two, three are democracies: Brazil, um, India, and South Africa. Uh, China and Russia are, well, Russia does hold elections, but people have grave concerns about how those elections uh, take place. So the question is this, that how likely is it that these countries will listen? Has there been a good process of consultation within Brazil? 
Well, Salo, unfortunately, the negotiations are not uh, very open to civil society. So, for instance, during the last uh, uh, BRICS summit in Brazil, civil society met in parallel with the BRICS leaders. So, uh, in, term, in your question, when you say, when you ask if there was consultation, if governments are consulting with the civil societies, uh, this has not been done in a systematic way and not in a transparent way. So one, one aspect that uh, civil society is pushing for is that this negotiation, the next step, the process of formalization of the bank uh, is more open and transparent for civil society. And currently, uh, many organizations within the five countries are following the process of ratification of the constitutive agreement of this bank. And in the case of Brazil, for instance, we are closely monitoring uh, the process of approval by Congress. So as to ensure that the, the discussion is more democratic and open to society. One of the critical issues about uh, these projects is, of course, the independent oversight and ombudsman. Uh, the World Bank and IFC and even I have their processes for that. Uh, you know, having an ombudsman or ombudsperson's office who looks at c complaints through the inspection panels. Is that the kind of safeguard you would want to see into the Bridge Bank? We think it's very important that these technologies, this structure that we are commonly referred to as panels or as ombudsman exists in a multilateral financial institution. Right. As we all know, the, the multilateral banks, development banks, they do not, uh, they perceive themselves as not being bound by international human rights law. So, why is this understanding uh, persist? It is important that at least some um, structures are uh, created in place so that the affected communities can have access to the highest um, instances of the, of the institutions to present their concerns and to complain about uh, potential things that have not uh, worked and, and breaks in, in, in the policies of the, own, of, of the own policies of the institution. Right. Thank you very much, Kayo. This is very useful. And please, uh, uh, all the best to you and your colleagues at Connectas and uh, do stay in touch with this and other issues.